Hi there. Welcome to the New Life Live podcast. Steve here. Since 1988, New Life has been transforming lives one life at a time. Now our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's most difficult places. One way that we do this is through the live program that we share with our listeners here on the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to ask our panel of counselors and psychologists, call us at 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's go to today's podcast episode. Hi there, welcome to New Life Live. And what a great week this is, Thanksgiving week. And if you don't have anything to be thankful for, well, just be thankful that you're able to realize you don't have anything to be thankful for. Your brain still works. Okay, not good. Anyway, we've all got something to be thankful for because we've all been given this great gift. We're an anomaly in the universe is that we have a life. And two lives that I greatly appreciate. One is J.J. West. Hi, J.J., how are you today? Hey, Steve. I am well, and I'm thankful to be on. Good to see you. Good to see you. And, of course, J.J. does our Every Man's Battle, and then also Intimacy and Marriage. And then my longtime good friend, Dr. Jill Hubbard. Hey, Jill, how are you? Good, Steve. How are you guys? Excellent. And so uh, here we are. And you could talk with us face-to-face or ear-to-ear, I guess it would be, ear-to-mouth. 1-800-229-3000. Now, I want to tell you guys a realization I had just today. I have uh, have a weird brain. Most people know that. And I I have a strange thing is that uh, there was a certain age where we lived in a little house. uh, It was the house that almost burned down when I hid the matches under the couch. The couch stuffing had hay in it. And so that was one thing. But... But I I can remember in that house having my diaper changed. And most people, you know, that's just, you don't have that. All right. So here's a memory that also goes along with that kind of memory. I remember not, you know, the song, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. I didn't see that. Here's what I saw. I saw my father eating the cookies and drinking the milk <laughs> that we had left out for Santa. Okay. I saw that, and yeah. my mother watched it. You know what? My I still remember what my reaction was. How could she let him do that? <laughs> now think about that. I went to my mother as the problem when my right. dad was eating the cookies. Yeah. Don't we see that all the time? <clears throat> dad can be out there having affairs, abandon the family, take all the money, Mm. And the reaction is, you're angry at your mother. Yeah, it's like, how could she let him do that? I mean, isn't that a, a common phenomenon? And and I, I kind of, I just had this realization. I did that impulsively as a very very small child under three years of age. Right, mm. and you were thinking, how could she let him steal from Santa? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Does, does, doesn't That's she care? Part of the doesn't she care about Santa and, exactly. and what this might do to him? Poor Santa's going to be hungry. Weird, isn't that weird that it wasn't yes. how yeah. could dad steal Santa's right. cookies? It was how could mom let him mm. do that? And I have to believe some people are listening, and you got big problems with mommy. 
You're angry. And when you think about it, oh my goodness, it was your dad that was stealing the cookies. It was your dad that did the stuff. But your mom's safer to be angry at. Mm-hmm. Right. Or right. you just have this belief that she should have done something, done more, whatever. It's really important, I think, to realize that because it's Thanksgiving. You might realize, wow, I've been holding something against my mom that, well, she didn't do this. It was him. And, of course, vice versa. It could go the other way, too. And all of us have a job, talked about it yesterday, of getting over our parents. And if we don't, it's a miserable time. If you want to join us, 1-800-229-3000. We'll go to Mary right after we come back from this break. Glad you're with us. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. My life prior to New Life, I was definitely a fellow dealing with every man's battle, uh, struggles of temptation. That led to some very horrific issues that I truly regret. And I felt like a leper. I felt like an outcast and I didn't know where to turn. And a friend of mine told me about every man's battle offered by New Life. The counselors were just amazing. I thought I was going to go there and really meet some people that were far left of center. I was wrong for you to judge them like like that. The folks that I met that were in the struggle with me were normal people just like me who had fallen and now went astray. The counselors, they had been in the pit themselves, so they were speaking from the inside out. They understood my struggle completely and entirely. And because I was able to go to this place that I'd never heard of, that I didn't understand. It had changed my life and given me new hope that I couldn't get from any other counselor. But new life really does speak life to you. They get you on the track, they love you, and they personally know you and they care about you. Mm. I'll tell you, that is uh, music to my ears. And I'll tell you the part that I love is when he says, they love you. Because, you know, we do. And if we don't show that love, if you don't feel that love, then, you know, we're we're not doing the best that we can do. The Bible says, you know, and if I have not love, well, none, nothing else really matters. And you could be that guy. that You could be the testimony for next, next year by coming and joining J.J. West and his team December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd for Every Man's Battle. I want to encourage you to call us. Now, today we were talking about sending a letter to some of our Every Man's Battle alumni. And the point was brought out that about half of the people that would be on the list are women because they made the original call. Mm. So don't be thinking, yeah, you know what, uh, he has to want it, he has to make the call. Don't, don't think that way. Sometimes a person's paralyzed and you make a couple of little baby steps with them uh, and then we it's our job to get them to that place you're hoping that they would be where they finally say, okay, I want to surrender to this and I want to get better. 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Talk to us about your situation. And uh, December 1, 2, and 3 could be the best thing that ever happened for 2024. Mm-hmm. 
Joe, you you were well, saying something I, about I the thing thinking, I brought up. I was thinking, right, about the dynamic that you brought up and taking it another step. So often, uh, parenting falls on one parent or another. It can be mm. either, but often it's the mom that the parenting falls on. And I'm not speaking about your personal situation, Steve, but if a dad is checked out, mm-hmm. even the kids see him as one of the other children. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. so directing the anger towards the only adult in the room often yeah. happens. Well, you know, um, my father was a disciplinarian, but mm-hmm. he was also codependent, and when... My grandfather needed one of his five boys to stay back, not go to college, and manage arch tool and supply, the the machine shop he had. My dad was the one that, as my mom would say, sacrificed everything he wanted in life because he was codependent with his father. So we learn things. When we observe things. Mm-hmm. All right. If you want to join us, here it is, 1-800-229-3000. And if we give you bad advice, we will return, refund your misery. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll do that. It costs nothing to call us, and we'll give you your money's worth when you do, 1-800-229-3000. Now, Mary's calling from Washington, D.C., and she watches us on the New Life Live YouTube channel. Mary, welcome, and so glad you've joined us today. Good afternoon. Thank you, Steve. Um, I'm just grateful today, and um, some things have gotten much better in my life over the past year. My mom died a year ago, and um, I'm able to sleep better, and um, my head just doesn't feel as full with clouds. (laughs) Yeah, how did you get to that place? How did it get better? What did you do? Mm -hmm. Well, I kept up on my AA meetings. Mm-hmm. And I saw a therapist, and now I'm graduating from seeing her. Um, and I try to talk more about it with people because I'm I'm kind of a loner and a voider. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, well, and, uh, good things have happened. You know what I love about this, and I want to hear from JJ and Jill. Is you say you're a loner and a voider, and the things that you did wouldn't be natural things. You you. You did stuff. You reached out. You got help rather than avoid alone, which is just people's go-to. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic, Mary, and I hope you'll be an inspiration to other people that are avoiders or procrastinators, whatever. Do the thing you don't feel like doing, and then you end up feeling the way you wanted to feel in the very beginning. J.J., what are your thoughts? Oh, I, I so agree with that, Steve. You know, there's uh, one of my favorite authors is Eugene Peterson. And one of my favorite books by him is a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And one of the points he makes there is in, in I think it's chapter four, but it's the chapter on worship, where he talks about people not wanting to go to worship because they don't want to be, they don't feel like it, so they don't want to be a hypocrite. And he use, he says this line, you will, you will act your way into a new way of feeling a lot faster than you will feel your way into a new way of acting. And there what you go. just said, Steve, is absolutely <laughs> accurate. 
Mm-hmm. We can't sit around waiting for this feeling to hit me and then I'll go behave differently. I have to choose to behave differently. I have to tell my brain, no, even though this is what I want, what I feel like doing, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do the opposite because what I, the opposite of what I, I feel like doing is actually what's good for me. And so, Mary, well done. Well, well done to, to push yourself to go into therapy. Push yourself to go to your AA meetings, even though you're a loner, even though you want to avoid. You chose instead to, to act in a new way that led to a new feeling rather than trying to feel your way into a new way of acting. Good job. Jill? Yes, that's a tongue twister, JJ, but I love it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mary, even introverts, or as you say, loners, need people. You may not need the huge crowds, but you need people. And what I love is that you already had some things in place. You said you Mm -hmm. stayed continuing in your Mm -hmm. AA meetings. You were already, I'm thinking, going to AA. So you already Mm -hmm. had some resources in place. So when the crisis hit, you weren't at a total loss. And then you took it a step further and you got into therapy, which is great for loners because it's one-on-one. It's not a crowd. So Mm -hmm. in that... There's the freedom and room to explore, but not alone, because healing does take place in relationship. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. love your perseverance. So over time, getting involved in healing relationships over time produces growth. Yes. Can I I build on that, Steve? Yeah, please. Uh, Just uh, just, so, Mary, I lost my mother uh, just about a year ago. Very suddenly, Mm -hmm. she, she developed cancer. And she died within two months of the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like uh, Jill was saying, I had people in my life already, uh, a solid community, men who care about me, who uh, some of those men are the men that I get to serve with at the Every Man's Battle Workshop, uh, but also some close friends who live here in town that I, that I meet with. And just, just like Jill was saying, because I already had that community in place, that crisis didn't blow up my life. Um, it was hard, and you know there's still aspects that are difficult. But it didn't it didn't blow up my life because of that caring community. So, uh, like Jill, I'm really glad that you already had that in place and you continued to to use it. Mary, uh, you're you're we're going to make you caller of the day because anytime somebody way to go, that you do something that is so not what you would just fall into or naturally do, it's, it's a big deal. So here's what I'm going to do. I want to send you uh, two Life Recovery Bibles, one for you, and uh, hopefully you have one, but maybe this would be the new edition. It would be great. or And then one to give away to somebody. Um, and if you have the new one, then you'll have two to give away. But I want you to have that. And I'm so grateful that you called. By the way, Life Recovery Meetings meet everywhere and you can either learn how to start a group you only need another person to have a group or where one is going on in your area we'll connect you with terry ward if you'll just call 1-800-NEW-LIFE happy to do that for you all right if you want to join us 1-800-229-3000 we're here in the studio two programs we're going to do but right now i'm going to go to rosie rosie's calling from culver city And uh, she listens to us as a podcast on her very favorite podcast provider. 
and anybody else can do that too. Hi, Rosie. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Excellent, excellent. So what's on your mind today? What's happening in your life? I'm calling because I. It, this is a difficult situation that I'm in. I, um, I'm in. I just remarried, or or should say, newlywed to someone that's 63 years old. I'm 53 years old. But during our courtship, we've had difficulties with his, his children accepting us um, being together to begin with, and then um, even married now. And. I want to know how to resolve those conflicts that come up. Um, for example, his 46-year-old daughter lives with him in his home, and I had put some decorations, Christmas decorations up. When I come back from dinner with him, she had moved some things from the table that I had put and said I wanted to put his first wife passed away from cancer. He was married 30 years, and... She goes, I want to put my mom's things up. And then she goes, you seem bothered. And I said, it's not so much about the decorations or you moving the things from the table. It's other things that I'm bothered with. So I proceeded to tell her the things that I was bothered with her um, trying to undermine our relationship. And she denied all the things that um, the things that I was confronting her with. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then she became very combative and, and you know, was slurring and saying things to me. I stayed calm because that's my nature. He really did not respond um, to the situation. And then she just walked away and said, just forget it, do whatever you want. And now when I spoke to him yesterday, I said, these things, these difficult conversations need to be addressed. You can't just sweep it under the rug. And I just feel like he is caught in the middle I myself don't really know how to respond or what to do. Yeah. He has three children, three adult children. Right. Two boys live outside the home. And before we got married, the three of them on their own at separate times talked to him about us not getting married. Okay. We've been together for two and a half years. Um, and my situation where I took a stand was like, I either I want us to be married going... I don't want to be a girlfriend forever i don't want to just live with you i want marriage if that's not what you want it's okay i'll walk away but he came back and said no we're going to get married and we got married and i'm mm -hmm. so okay i gotta interrupt because i want to give you some help here now yes of course living together does stuff to people first thing yes and i want to be sure we say it's not trying to shame you it's just to be sure people know that you end up not deciding to get married often when you live together, you slide into getting married. And so if you weren't living together, you would be able to say, this is not good. I'm out of here. But because you're living together, you, you go for it. And he didn't want to lose you because of all the things that you provided him living together. But here's the dilemma. He has a problem at the time. Yeah. But he has a problem that if he's not willing to fix the problem, it's just going to get worse and worse. It's his problem that his children are not supportive of your marriage. It's common. That's why 70% of blended families end up in divorce. Horrible statistic. When we come back, we want to talk about what he could do 
if he would do it, and then what's the best path for you if he does nothing. We'll do that right after this. If you want to join us, 1-800-229-3000. Dr. Jill Hubbard, J.J. West, Steve Arterberg here. We'll be back. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. Glad you're with us here. Talking with Rosie. Jill corrected me. I missed it totally two times that uh, you didn't live together before you were married. But good, but, but good for other people to hear that. Hopefully. Hopefully. Jill, you had some questions you wanted uh, to clarify. There. Well, Rosie, a, a couple of things. How long ago did your husband's wife pass away? He, he, she passed away 30 years. They, oh, I'm sorry. They were married. married 30 years. She, she passed away 13 years. Oh, it's been 13 years. 13 years. Okay, 13 okay. Years. Then when, that... when we initially dated, um, I, I see, and I only see this because I had some counseling with my own daughter who struggled with me getting married with him too, an adult daughter uh, from my marriage, um, and my husband passed away. And... What I saw from his daughter's side, because when we were dating, he was like, oh, I didn't tell my children I'm dating you. And I explained to him, I said, you need to be honest with your children. You mm-hmm. can't start a relationship on lies. And mm-hmm. he did. He, he, and then it was like, well, let me check with my daughter. Let me check with my daughter. And I'm like, Ruben, you have to stop checking mm-hmm. with your daughter and making decisions for yourself on your own. And so I feel like there's a codependency. And I say it for myself, too. Even with my daughter, I had to set some boundaries with her. Mm -hmm. Well, sure, because when, sorry to interrupt you, when a spouse is removed, the kids come in and at times become like a pseudo partner. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering why a 46-year-old daughter is still living with her dad. Yeah. Especially now since you guys are married and all living together, and I can see where she feels like her place has been usurped, but mm-hmm. rightly yeah. so. Why is she living yeah. there with him, or you, both of you? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, 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 on my side, I've never, mm-hmm. and it, it goes back to my culture, Hispanics, where families live with mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was never a request of, oh, your daughter has to leave. Mm-hmm. I thought the home was big enough. We could live together because I purchased, a, before him, I purchased a home with my daughter and we were living together. Um, so I thought things were going to be fine, but I see that they're not and it's not going to get better. I can see that. Yeah. I'm willing on my side to, to do whatever it takes. Good. I, just, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Now, let me ask you this real quick. Um, are both of you working and both of you yes. earning about the same yes. amount of money? I, I don't know what he earns. Um, okay. I would say maybe he would make more than I to earn. Well, um, Rosie? Yes. yes. It doesn't yes. sound like you guys um, are married. <laughs> it, <laughs> you don't know. Even why the daughter's there, you don't know how much money he makes. Um, I, you know what I would do? If, yeah, you guys need some premarital counseling, even though you're married. I suggested in pre- this before we got in, married. Yeah, I did. because okay, but 
Now you're going to have to demand some counseling together. Because premarital okay. counseling, the guy would say, okay, so when we marry somebody, we marry their debts and we marry their income. So how much do you make? You make, And it's all, if it's good, everybody knows everything. And yeah. he, has, he has withheld stuff from you. Plus, he has n- taken no responsibility to lead his kids toward you. Mm-hmm. And that's so. I, I don't know. That's all I want to say. JJ, Jill, you well, take it from here. Right. What, yeah. What's the best right. path here? I, if it had been sooner or more recent that his wife had died, yeah. it takes the kids a while to catch up with that. So I could see where sure. that would be problematic. But thirteen years, the kids seem to be used to being in charge. Yes. And mm-hmm. now yeah. right. you've married, but it's like two single people living together. In a family home, and I understand culturally, yes, that does happen a lot, but not the hierarchy needs to be readjusted here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and and to Steve's point from earlier, you know, when you have a blended family, the responsibility to speak to the children falls on the biological parent mm-hmm. to okay. to to bridge right. that gap. Right. So your husband has the primary responsibility of speaking with his children, checking in to find out if he doesn't already know what are their reasons for why they're resistant. Right. They were resistant even when you guys were dating. So what are the reasons for that? Are they legitimate or not? If they're if they're legitimate, then, okay, we can address the legitimate concerns. But if they're not legitimate, then he has a responsibility to say, uh, that's not that's not your role. That's not your choice. It's my choice to to marry her. It's my choice to to live my life with her, and 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 so he he has that primary responsibility in a blended family. You you as the as the step parent, you want to have more like a, a a good uncle or aunt role in the in the child's life. And in this case, they're not children; they're adults, and so that takes on a whole yeah. different dynamic but i do say that that it's your husband's responsibility and and so far what i'm hearing from you is there's been several places where he didn't step up he didn't he didn't right. initiate things he didn't proactively help and and that's what he needs to start doing that's where counseling could help yeah and that tough conversation that you had with her mm-hmm. um, he needed to be part yeah. of that and supporting right how you feel yeah. And supporting that she really needed to look at what she was saying and how you feel and adjust her attitude if she's going to continue to stay there. Mm-hmm. But okay. uh, we have to move her out now. It's time that she become an independent person. Well, we'll talk more when we come back. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places.
glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. Rosie, I want to finish up with you. I'm going to give you a couple things. Jill's going to give you a couple things, and then JJ. And I'm so glad that you called. First of all, we're going to send you How We Love, because that's going to explain a lot. When you talk about the cultural things that make it comfortable, things, you know, why you didn't really question her being there, um, you're going to have to move beyond culture if you're going to create any kind of a covenant marriage where both are committed. And you're going to have to go against a lot of things that you're used to. The first thing that I would hope you would do is to say to him, I was talking to some folks about this, and I I think we need to share some information that we don't have about each other. I need to know um, how much money you make. I need to know what your thinking is about combining our finances. Uh, I need to know why you didn't just step up and support what I was saying when we were talking to your your daughter that lives here. And I need to know why you think it's okay for her to, de- to be dependent on you and live with us rather than be independent. I need to know how much money she's getting from you. So there are just some basic things that you need to know to be a partner with him, and he needs to be willing uh, to tell you. Joe, what else do you think? Well, uh, yes, be because the partnership is a piece of paper, yeah. but you don't have all of the information that people usually share prior to getting married. Right. And sometimes it's exciting to move in that direction. So having a conversation with your husband is really important. It's up to you, Rosie, to change this dynamic. Because he's comfortable with it. It sounds like you've moved into his home. And so yeah. to reestablish and to even let him know, I think we were so excited about getting married or I was so excited about getting married. I forgot to really, you know, vet the situation in terms mm. of us really talking through things because Everybody goes into marriage with unspoken expectations and the way they think it's going to be. And and they don't share those often. This is not an unusual problem. And not sharing those... Go ahead. Honestly, on my side, I was married so young. He was married so young. Mm. And when I met him, I thought... um, And then after my husband, it was years before I got into a relationship. And then I actually lived with someone for 10 years Mm. who took care of me financially. And even though I worked, took care of me in every way. And then when I met him five years later, in that process, I didn't date. I had given up and thought nothing. I was just dedicated my life to my family and, and spiritually, too. And then when I met him... It was a surprise, and I love that he's a family man and loves his family mm-hmm. and grandchildren and children, mm-hmm. and I didn't have the expectation, or I came into it thinking, no, he's not going to support me financially, so those questions of the finances or, or even of the expectation of, like, his daughter, I didn't have or press those 
because I didn't yeah. feel a need for it. I, I was thinking mm-hmm. differently, like I'm, right. I'm independent. That's, but but that's now we right, just, because yeah. of your past yeah. experience, you didn't think mm-hmm. to ask yeah. those questions. Mm-hmm. You assumed they would be right. like what you've yeah. had in the past. So we right. want to yes. just tell you, and here's, you can admit here's the that next, to him. Yeah, and, and what's the yeah. next thing for you to do to change all this? Uh, JJ, what are you? I mean, I can't imagine anything changing without uh, a counselor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's necessary to bring in some professional help. I think it would be helpful as well. R- Rosie, let me ask you a question. Uh, did yeah. <clears throat> how did you guys make the decision for you to move into his home rather than him moving into your home or the two of you getting a different home? I. I, the option of getting another home, I've never had. I never asked that, and it was just easy be, to move here because his home is bigger than my home. So okay, so that was a decision that you guys. It, yeah, yes. But it was a decision you that. you and your husband yeah. made together. Then, you know, yeah. a, a fiance. But you guys decided that because his home was bigger, it made more sense for you to move in to his home. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what? And did what you talk she about do now, JJ? Yeah. Well, so everything. so what? What should have happened was there should have been conversations around. Well, what will this look like if I move into your home where your daughter is already living there and there's already uh, established ways of doing things? How are we going to navigate the minefield of me coming in with a different way of doing things? So now we have to have that conversation. We should have had it, you know, two and a half years ago, but now we need to have it now because. It's it now we're seeing the problems. Now we're seeing the, the the chaos because we didn't establish what some of those expectations would be. We yeah. each had our own mm-hmm. individual expectations. And, we didn't voice them. The now we need to on his I'm sorry. The children no, go ahead. on his side the children on his side feel like I'm trying to replace or erase the mo- of their course. mother. Right. But that's because that's his that's his responsibility. That that yeah. yeah. He that must thing that I did ask but the pictures to be taken down. Well, and, and that is the problem request. with moving into his home. Yep. That's where okay. all their memories are of her. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. has been 13 years. He's entitled to move on. And some people see it as a tribute to a, a spouse that's passed away that they would mm-hmm. want to get married again because it mm-hmm. was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And um, there are many, many people who would never want to live where the other people lived, especially if you sense that after all these years, there's unfinished business there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really think probably one of the pieces of the ultimate resolution is selling that house and finding a place where you guys can be you. But a lot of work has to be done. And this is why so many blended and second marriages and third marriages don't work is because mm-hmm. we assume too much and we are a little bit more desperate after divorce so we settle for things and it just isn't good to settle i'm going to send you how we love i want us to find a marriage counselor for you guys mm-hmm. and i hope you'll come right. to intimacy yes in marriage it could change everything mm-hmm. all right let's go real quick Quick, let's let's talk to um, Patrick, Bismarck, North Dakota. Hey, Patrick, how are you? KNDR is the station. What's yeah, on your mind? I'm doing well. Yeah, I was just curious. Um, I've um, 
develop these feelings for uh, somebody and just recently asked her out, but uh, it turns out that she's engaged to be married. And so my question is, is it a sin to um, have feelings for somebody that's engaged to be married? Um, and is it a sin to seek God in prayer that things would work out between me and uh, um, the woman that's engaged to be married uh, when there hasn't actually been, like, the full marriage thing? Yeah. Um, what's your relationship like with this person that you'd like to be closer to but is engaged? We have a good relationship. I have a really good relationship with her family, like her parents and um, mm-hmm. and with her daughter. Okay. Um, and she's a widow also. Does she know that you had these feelings for her? Just recently I... I uh, brought that to her. And what was her response? She said, oh, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm dating somebody, and um, and I just don't think that would be healthy. And then, um, then that's when I opened up to her how I feel about her. And then, uh, and then she... Um, I asked her if she would consider uh, letting me know if uh, things didn't work out with her and her mm-hmm. fiance. Or what'd she say she to that? She would. She yeah, said she, she, said she would. Okay. That she would Pre- let me know if things don't work out. Pretty fascinating <laughs> a situation mm-hmm. we have here, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, yeah. So I want to help you do the most very right thing. One final question. Do they have a date for their marriage set? That I don't know. Okay. All right. Oh, that must be so disheartening that you finally find somebody you really would like to be with, and they have a lot of things already in motion there. It's very, very tough. We'll give you some help right after this. You're listening to New Life Live, and we'll be here another hour and 15 minutes at 1-800-229-3000. 1-800-229-3000. Our next intensive, our workshop, weekend experience, well, that's going to be Emotional Freedom online December the 2nd. It's the same weekend that we're doing Every Man's Battle, December 1, 2, and 3 in Dallas, Texas. That's not online. Oh, my goodness. Clean up the stuff from 2023 and before to have a great 2024. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. Talking to Patrick. And uh, by the way, if you want to join us, we're here another hour and 15 minutes, one 800 Two two nine three thousand, and Patrick, well, fell in love with somebody that's engaged, and he says, "You say that you're close to her family." Jill, you had a couple of things uh, you mentioned at the break there. Yes, along those lines, Patrick, you described being friends, being close to the family, close with her daughter, her parents, and yet you didn't even know she was dating someone, let alone engaged. And I'm wondering about that. 
yeah, that was a surprise to me. I well, I um, I asked her. Somebody told me to ask her parents' permission to ask her out, and so I did. And that was when I found out that she was engaged to be married. Mm. And then, so you asked, uh, you asked, you asked them for permission. They told you she's engaged, but you still asked her out. I then, when they told me she was engaged, I said, "Well, do you mind if I still ask her out?" And and the reaction was like, "Well, I don't see why not." And and then the mother said, "Oh, Patrick, we, you, we love you so much. You." have our blessing in a way i don't know if she said that in those words but she mm-hmm. that's what she kind of insinuated hmm. and she gave me a hug okay okay so so there's some confusion yes. there with the family because if someone came to me and asked to ask out my daughter and she were dating or engaged to someone else i would say no it's not okay for you to ask her out she's already with someone else, that's not that's not appropriate. You know, you asked a couple questions, Patrick, at the beginning. You asked, is it a sin to feel the way that I feel toward this woman? No, it's definitely not a sin that you feel the way you feel. Feelings are just, they're just there for information. But they don't control us. It's what, what may be a sin is an unwillingness to accept reality when it doesn't fit with what I want. And so in this particular uh-huh. case... The fact that she's not available to you, but you still continue to pursue her, that may be sinful behavior. That may be broken behavior. And I would, I would, I would want you to be willing to investigate that. I would want to know, is there a history where have you, have you been attracted to or wanted to be in relationship with other people who were unavailable to you? Either they were married or engaged or dating? I was uh, that way with men mm-hmm. for many okay. years, uh, and 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 mm-hmm. uh, they, and so I always had to kind of hold it inside because mm-hmm. it was uh, uncomfortable and all that, and I wasn't yeah. walking with God at the time. And okay. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's something God's helped me overcome, and so I thought mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Get, mm-hmm. uh, get developing these feelings towards this woman and the fact right. that I had a good relationship with her family, it seemed like God was opening those doors for me to get into relationship. Yeah, it gave you a lot of hope, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which is un- understandable. And listen, we don't know the future. We don't know what might happen down the road if if this relationship with the guy she's engaged to didn't work out. Perhaps then she might be available to you. But right now she's not. And and so yeah. it's important to accept that reality. And and that's where I have to say, just because I feel a certain way doesn't give me permission to act on those feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Patrick, and, how old are you? I'm just, I might have missed that. How old are you? 50. I'm 53. Okay. All right. Joe, go ahead. Well, perhaps, Patrick, the purpose of these feelings being stirred up in terms of your life journey is to let you know that you can have feelings towards a woman. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that that's something to give you a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. And that in the context where you feel safe and connected, um, the natural progression was that you develop feelings. And that's a wonderful thing. 
So here, you can't act on it with her because she's saying no. So you have to hear her no and 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 okay. hold your feelings back and be just be her friend right don't cross those okay. boundaries mm-hmm. but yeah. use that to say well if i could have feelings for her i could have feelings for someone else who actually mm-hmm. is available mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no. that crossed my mind too so mm-hmm. really yeah. there's a lot of good mm-hmm. stuff here is what we're saying mm-hmm. and i want to encourage you somehow to find a Bible study, a men's Bible study, okay, and are you able to talk, or is it just like a big shot teacher and everybody listens? <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's, it, right now it's a small Bible study because it's just been me and one other guy, and every now and then a, another guy come into the Bible okay. study, but I we, we have been talking about this situation good okay and they so been, i would i would just counseling me somewhat and i'm good. a good. counselor and he's helping me with that too. perfect yay mm-hmm. well you're doing the right mm-hmm. things and just be patient and i gotta tell you uh this isn't just some trite thing that christians say when they don't have anything else to say but god really does have another door open mm-hmm. when this one door is shut and so i just think when the door is shut, do what you need to do to kind of put a lock on it, you know. And if something happens and the door needs to be blown open, that'll happen and you'll hear about it. Like if her engagement broke up or something like that. But I really would. I'd put a lock on that door, turn around and say, okay, God, where's that door they were talking about that's going to open up here? And be ready for that to happen. Lean into these men in the Bible study, whether it's one, two, or three. Be open with them like you're doing. Go to that counselor. But a lot of things in your life get ingrained in your brain, and it takes time for things to kind of settle in and feel natural. So just be patient with yourself. I'm going to send you uh, Every Believer's Thought Life, help you kind of deal with these thoughts and feelings that you have. And I'll send you every man's Bible, uh, our way of saying thanks for calling us. And I'll ask folks uh, to pray for you because what I'm hearing is a, is a heart that is open, but also open to doing what's the right thing. And I mentioned on the program yesterday in the 11th step, it, it talks about just not begging God for stuff like I do or whining about things that aren't there like I do. But the 11th says that, that step says we get to a point where we're just praying to God to know his will. That's the prayer. God, help yeah. me. Know your will and give me what it takes to carry that out. Boy, that's a pretty great place to be. And I think uh, God's will for you we know this is to live a life full and rich and some stuff from the past, like in all of us, has to get worked out for us to truly experience that and enjoy it. But you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. J.J., um, we've got Every Man's Battle coming up. You do such a great job uh, within uh, with uh, in seven seconds. Can you encourage somebody <laughs> to come join you there? Oh, my gosh. This is your last chance of the year to go. It's going to be an amazing weekend in Dallas. Please come. Uh, If you've been on the fence thinking about it, 
make the decision. If you're on the fence thinking about whether you should call for your husband or your fiance, make the call because it's going to be amazing. You won't be disappointed. And uh, everybody that goes talks about what a great communicator JJ is with such a great heart. So thanks, JJ. 1-800-NEW-LIFE to find out about that. 1-800-229-3000. Doing another program. We'll go to Megan at the beginning of that. Thanks, Dr. Jill Hubbard and all of you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.